Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Valerie Riddle, 1989 alum of the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine, and your host for the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine Alumni Society podcast. And our series right now is on careers in military medicine. And I am delighted to have Dr. James, also Jay Sampson, with me today. And Dr. Sampson, I think rather than me trying to introduce you and talk about what your various titles and roles are, I'm going to ask you to do that for us if you do that to kick us off. Thanks. Yeah, uh, great to, to be with you. And um, so, uh, Jay Sampson and um, I'm a military surgeon, and my um, my principal uh, role or duty title is as the chief surgical consultant to the Air Force Surgeon General, um, and um, so that gives me an opportunity to uh, be a part and advise on uh, all aspects of, of surgical care and things that are related to that. Um, and then within that, I um, also um, have um, the uh, opportunity to lead a team. Um, that uh, it's a division of the Air Force Medical Readiness Agency, um, and uh, we perform um, uh, medical force readiness analysis and evaluation. And, um, and so that really falls um, right in line with being a, a chief consultant to the Air Force Surgeon General um, and, uh, and being a, a military surgeon with some experience. And, um, and so um, I get a, a, a fancy title, um, but... Um, it means I do a fair bit of, of work kind of just around the surgical community in general. Now, when you and I spoke, when we were talking about having you on as a guest, I think you mentioned to me at the time you were very involved in some of the work that was going on for, with COVID and planning and execution of, of some things. Do I have that right or am I remembering completely incorrectly? No, you have that right. And, and it wouldn't necessarily follow from what I gave as an introduction as being a surgical consultant or looking at uh, medical force readiness. Um, but that's um, it, it was a big part of this past year and actually continues to be something that that I'm personally uh, tracking and involved in. Um, and, um, you know, to tell that part of the story um, is really one of the success stories of the military health system and, and the Air Force um, uh, medical service this past year is that um, with the, uh, the pandemic um, and the request for Department of Defense uh, to support um, our civilian healthcare uh, agencies, um, we had to reconfigure uh, and look at our, our medical force elements. So, so we have um, our stateside or CONUS hospitals that are staffed to provide uh, routine care to our beneficiaries, but we also have a fair bit of capability uh, that's prepared to, to go and support our warfighters um, and, um, and a lot of that that traditionally I was focused on was combat casualty care, uh, how to keep folks alive on the battlefield and how to take care of them and get them back uh, to the stateside and, um, and care for their wounds and injuries. Um, but the pandemic response really was an all-in effort for us, um, you know, for the nation, uh, for the department, and for the Air Force Medical Service. And so um, I worked um, a lot to try and find those aspects of our medical capability and kind of reconfigure them reconfigure the teams, get them their training that they needed, get them equipped and, and put together in such a way that they could uh, go and support our um, pandemic response. And, um, and so there wasn't a lot of surgery to be performed, but there were surgeons involved in that. And certainly a lot of the support staff that goes along with combat casualty care 
uh, the critical care, um, the um, inpatient care capability that we uh, develop and, and organize around our surgeons uh, and our pre-hospital uh, um, medical personnel. So we redeployed those and used them in our own hospitals. Um, we used them, um, you know, as uh, many have heard about uh, teams that went into New York very early on. Um, that was a lot of our Guard and Reserve partners. Uh, but through the pandemic response, we had um, medical personnel from all services and, and definitely I was involved in helping the, to get the Air Force medics uh, engaged uh, in supporting uh, inpatient care augmentation uh, across the, the U.S. And, and that's uh, something that was um, unexpected. Um, didn't have any experience in that over the years, uh, but, uh, but my familiarity with the teams and the personnel uh, really gave me a lot of confidence that, uh, that those folks, uh, we could get them um, you know, out the door and into civilian hospitals and they would do a fantastic job. And, and it's really been um, uh, a pleasure to hear those uh, after action reports of stories of success uh, and see that, um, that part of, uh, of what we've been able to do uh, and, and support, um, you know, the, the nation's pandemic response. Um, yeah, I think, I think it, I'm always impressed. I do not have a lot, a history of, of family or myself being in the military, but I am always impressed at the fact that there's such a diversity of opportunity in the military. I mean, obviously you, you serve the mission of the, uh, of the service, but getting those opportunities to do different things that you might not expect when you go in, I think is, is something that I always admire and the leadership skills and the, just the breadth of, of what those experiences give you, I think is, is pretty impressive. And often it seems to me to be people that are relatively young. They wouldn't have those same level of that same level of opportunity in the civilian world that you seem to get at a relatively young age in the military. Does that ring true? Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. I think that, um, you know, part of what I've enjoyed um, about my career and the opportunities is there have been a lot of challenges um, and, and unexpected um, situations uh, or just unpredictability of the mission. You, you know, you mentioned that we followed the mission uh, but the medical support mission um, can can be highly variable, um, and uh, and even um, just focusing on the pandemic response, we we switched, um, you know, uh, through several phases, uh, you know, initially uh, just trying to uh, develop and deliver the testing capability uh, and support our movement of forces and make sure they were protected uh, from exposure, but then providing healthcare, uh, augmenting civilian uh, agents. Uh, agencies for that, um, but then do providing our own uh, care in our facilities, but then also switching over to vaccine uh, support. Uh, and, you know, and, and that would be another thing that we even had, you know, some of our surgeons were called to do, to, to do that, to, to lead and organize some, some vaccine administration teams um, at, uh, at some of the larger sites and the mega sites that were set up, supported by the military. Um, and, and then, you know, more traditionally with combat casualty care or forward or deployed expeditionary medicine, you know, it may be uh, a, a disease or illness um, in a different part of the world. It might be an injury. Uh, it, it might be, um, you know, a, um, uh, an injury or a wound uh, experienced in combat operations. And so all with different challenges um, and um, opportunity for us to, um, to challenge ourselves. Um, also, there's a requirement for a lot of training related to that, you know, and, and sometimes that can be a burden and a bear for us. Um, and, um, and sometimes we, um, 
uh, we we have to really carefully balance how much we're just um, you know in the operating room in the clinic uh, taking care of patients versus uh, preparing or training for something else. But, but those challenges are there, and you're absolutely right. We we do challenge our young airmen and, and young physician surgeons. Um, you know, right out of residency, uh, they're on a team, and they may be facing um, some very challenging situations uh, that are far beyond what you would see. Um, you know, at uh, at Tampa General. Uh, or, you know, in many of our residency programs, um, we, um, uh, the challenge is there for sure. We do our best to try and prepare them, surround them with, you know, the right teammates um, and, um, and, you know, uh, always uh, happy to hear about those success stories. Sometimes we take it for granted um, because it is such a challenge for the young folks, but, but it's great for them and, and it keeps, um, keeps uh, people like me engaged, I think, uh, to support them. Uh, it's very rewarding, even if it's only for a few years. Yep. So we've talked a lot now about sort of where you are currently in your career, but but let's go back. And I believe you graduated from Morsani in 1998. Is that That's correct? Right. So talk a little bit about how you ended up making the decision to go into the military and just a little bit more about what the early part of your career was like. Yeah, I um so I made the connection with the military um really just as an undergraduate student. Um, and uh, as I was um, looking to additional educational options and, and really focused in on medical school, um, you know, I started thinking about the uncertainty of the medical school, um, you know, first and foremost, the finances of that, but also the, the location. Uh, and then recognizing that then there was a, you know, the residency commitment beyond that, uh, you know, frequently in a different location. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, really, you know, this whole timeline of uh, when you're um, kind of on your own and, and have a job and, and, and somewhat independent. And, and as I thought about all of the challenges with that, I think that I just um, uh, was really pulled or gravitated towards um, the, the Air Force. Um, the little I knew about it, uh, all positive, uh, didn't have really any family connections, but, but I think I was attracted to the security, the stability. Uh, of that, um, not just the the um, you know pay for medical school part of it and not have to worry about that, although that was uh, you know daunting to look into um, you know what it would take, what all the complexity of of uh, loans and scholarship potential and things like that. But but it was also just the the residency um, selection process with the military. Um, I kind of at that time felt like that that would be supported, um, that I'd be supported through the Air Force or the military. Um, if it were another branch, uh, and then I'd have you know um, uh, some stability or security of a job after that, and and I you know looking back on it now, I know that's you know not really uh, much of a concern. Like you know where will you get employed, and, and I know you know residency is is um, more about picking a specialty than anything else. But but all of that just um, really attracted me um, the the stability security of being a part of a strong. Um, established team. Um, those were the impressions I had about the Air Force. Um, certainly the parts that I remember now because um, they, they've all, you know, I found that to be true. And um, and that's what really has worked out well for me. Um, you know, once I made that decision and a commitment, it felt like a weight was off of my shoulders um, and, and I could go, you know, in, into medical school and just take those academic challenges, uh, think about what specialty I wanted to do, uh, and, and go from there. 
And has there ever been a point during your career that you thought about leaving the military and going back into civilian life? Or have you have you really just sort of been committed to it and, and never really had to think about that? It just didn't come up for you. Yeah, it's an interesting question because I've I've thought about that um repeatedly, actually. Um because of um the the terms of my scholarship were just um for uh, medical school, so I had a, a four-year commitment when I left, um, and um, and so I faced kind of multiple opportunities to separate, um, and then um, just recently uh, had first opportunity to retire um, with full benefits, um, and and each time I've explored those, I've looked at the other options, um, and uh, and it's always come up in favor of uh, staying in the Air Force. Um, and, and facing, you know, the same and, and more challenges and more opportunities that we have. Um, and um, so I, I know that that's, you know, relatively unique. Uh, part of my job is looking at, you know, mentorship and career field management for surgeons and, and, and all physicians in the Air Force. And, and so, you know, most don't follow that path. Um, but, uh, but I think a lot uh, who do look at the, the options of uh, Air Force versus um, uh, you know they are comparable, and and um, and and I never really uh, had a long term term commitment um, to any type of medical career uh, or any type of military career either. Um, I've just um, you know maybe enjoyed the journey mm-hmm. and um, and the challenges with it, um, and um, and each time I've kind of looked at the different options, I've thought that I. Um, I I couldn't find a better organization to be a part of than the Air Force. Um, you know, as much as I appreciate and respect um, some of the other places where I've worked, like uh, at VA hospitals or um, uh, my experience uh, with USF uh, or um, in residency associated with the University of Texas, uh, fellowship with the University of Alabama, Birmingham. So all, you know, great institutions and uh, worked with the University of California, Davis in part of my career. Um, and, and each time I've always thought as much as I, you know, like these organizations and they do great things, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, I, I'd rather be a part of it wearing the uniform that I wear today. Well, I, I think we're fortunate for that decision because we certainly need strong leaders and people like you who, who stay in. So thank you for your service all of these years. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And, you know, I guess the other thing that I was just, you know, as I, made that last comment, I was thinking, you know, the other part of it, it's been really great. Um, you know, as I recounted all of those, um, you know, um, places that I've worked or, or teams that I've worked with, that's been one of the opportunities that's been afforded to me as a military surgeon um, is to um, is to travel, uh, work with different teams um, internationally and within the U.S., but, but spend, you know, weeks at a time doing training um, at, um, you know, at, at, um, University of Maryland, um, shock trauma, um, doing some trauma training, uh, or, uh, working, you know, as one of the, uh, volunteer faculty at, at University of California, Davis. Um, and, um, and, and now I'm in the DC area and I do some of my, my clinical work over at Walter Reed. And so, um, you know, if I were, I think if I were, um, not in the air force, uh, I'd have to commit to, to, you know, one place or the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. So I, I have pivoted in different ways over the course of my career. Not the best analogy, but I think we kind of get conditioned when you go through undergraduate and medical school and residency. You're kind of changing what you're doing every few years, and I, 
I can see how your opportunities in the military have given you those variations, which is, it's hard to let grass grow and it's hard to get bored. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've, I've been fortunate to have, you know, good opportunities and been able to stay in some of the locations long enough um, to, to feel a part of the team, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not, not feel like a visitor. Um, and um, so, um, so yeah, that, that's been a, a um, and, you know, here today to be with you and reconnect uh, with, with USF and, and feel like, you know, uh, as a military surgeon, then that I can uh, certainly call myself, you know, still part of the team, not just a graduate, you know, and, um, and so um, uh, I think that that will probably keep me in the Air Force uh, for a few more years as, as long as, uh, you know, they can stand me and uh, find good things for me to do. Yeah, well, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your willingness to spend time and reconnecting. I, you know, I, I tell people this podcast is obviously not NPR, but it has offered me an opportunity to get to know so many of our alumni in a way I never would have before. And obviously, Eric Elster, who's your colleague, and, you know, at, at I say USIS, I don't know if that's the correct acronym anymore, but you know, we have some very strong, impressive alumni who've gone into the military and get and had some really, really great careers. And so I'm excited that our students and other alumni will be able to hear your story. It's it, it, I, it, I'm amazed at our alumni. We have some incredible ones out there. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, um, you know, I'm honored to be kind of considered part of that. And I'm happy that you mentioned, um, uh, Eric and um, you know uh, a couple of years ago uh, I started working with him on on a big project that he had uh, and uh, that was really inspirational uh, as well and so excited to have him um, you know the the personal connection that we have uh, from USF and then also um, military surgery uh, and uh, and he's uh, really been um, fantastic for the military community. And, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, that's it's just another aspect that I'm happy to be involved in now um, with the university, the um, Uniform Services University, and uh, and then you know specifically with him, and, yeah. And look forward to um, you know um, both of us and, and myself, um, you know, continuing to be engaged with USF and 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 further graduates. I'm I'm sure that we've got some out there. Hopefully, you know, uh, if and when they uh, are able to hear this. Uh, then, uh, then maybe I can make a connection with them if we're not tracking, you know, right now. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. And one of one of the jobs I have is is to find ways to connect our students and our young alumni with some of our more senior alumni like me uh, and you. <laughs> and right. I'm actually I was an '89 alum, so I've got a few years on you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, the power of an alumni network is is pretty incredible, and then the power of your military connections, you know, all of those things. So. I have no doubt I'll I'll have an opportunity to help make some of those connections for our students. So I always tell people, it's amazing to me how fast this time goes, but we're just about out of time. And what I'd like to finish up with is really give you the opportunity if there's anything you would tell your younger self or anything you would say to students who may be thinking about a career in the military, what, what would you say? What I, I think what I would tell myself or look back on and, and would be relevant to the, um, you know, a, a younger a student or someone earlier in their career is that um, 
although it, it seems that the military has its, you know, bureaucracy and process and limitations, um, they, um, they really that all of those things are, are there. Uh, they can be navigated if you've got some help, uh, you know, uh, someone like myself uh, to help guide you through that. Uh, there are people, uh, you know, that's part of my job. Uh, there's others out there. Uh, to do that, these consultant positions that we have to help navigate it. And, and, and it takes a little bit to get through that. But once you do, then you realize that there's all kinds of tremendous opportunities out there. Um, as, as my career has um, shown to me. Um, and, uh, and so um, I would say, you know, don't, don't sweat some of the um, applications or the process, uh, the paperwork part of it. Um, and um, and, and then just embrace uh, trying to um, tell your story, what you want to do, what you're good at, or what you want to be challenged, what areas you want to be challenged in. And uh, no doubt we've got that opportunity for you uh, in the Air Force or in the, in the, in the military health system. And, um, and, and, and then, you know, look and, and find those folks who can help you uh, to guide you through it. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. I think that's great. The series that I actually hope to launch. The next series that I'm launching, this one is going to be a special series around Veterans Day, but is around mentorship and mentor-mentee relationships. And I, I mean, those just are widespread in, in the work that you do. Obviously, you know, you have a, a leadership sort of, I'll say hierarchy, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it is sort of a, an advancement through. Right. And, and that's what that's all about is, is helping people figure out how to how to navigate their career. So very good. All good points. And I love your story. And I, I do hope that I will be able to host you in Tampa soon and show you all that is wonderful about USF. It is, it is a very different place than it was when we were students. I will tell you that, <laughs> but it all in a good way. So thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And I, I hope you go and have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's uh, been a pleasure. If you have ideas for future podcasts, or if you would like to be a guest, please let me know at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E 25 at usf.edu. Thank you so much for listening.